Book Three, Chapters Thirteen through Fifteen of The Consoling Thoughts of Saint Francis de Sales by Jean Joseph Huguet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Three, Consoling Thoughts on Sickness and Death, Chapter Thirteen. God does not abandon us at the hour of death. As a gentle mother, leading her child with her, helps it to walk, carries it according as she sees necessity, allows it to make some steps by itself in places which are very smooth and not at all dangerous, sometimes taking it by the hand and steadying it, sometimes lifting it up in her arms and carrying it for a while. So our Lord has a continual care over the guidance of his children that is to say, of those who have charity, making them walk before him, reaching them his hand in difficulties, and carrying them himself in trials which he sees would otherwise be insupportable to them. This he has declared by Isaiah, I am thy God, taking thee by the hand, and saying to thee, Fear nothing, for I have helped thee. And this conduct, full of sweetness, God observes in regard to our souls from their introduction into charity until their final perfection, which is effected only at the hour of death. He who perseveres to the end will be saved. Finally, the celestial king, having guided the soul which he loves even to the end of life, assists it still in its blessed departure by which he draws it to the nuptial bed of eternal glory, which is the delightful reward of holy perseverance. And then the soul, all ravished with love for its beloved, representing to itself the multitude of favors and helps by which he has prevented and assisted it during the days of its pilgrimage, kisses incessantly the sweet succoring hand that led it along the way and confesses that it is from our divine saviour alone it holds all its happiness since he has done for it all that which the great patriarch jacob desired for his journey when he beheld the ladder from heaven o lord it then says thou hast been with me and hast kept me in the way by which i have come thou hast given me the bread of thy sacraments for my nourishment thou hast clothed me with the nuptial robe of charity thou hast brought me into this abode of glory which is thy house o my eternal father what o lord remains unless for me to declare that thou art my god for ever and ever amen such is the order of our progress to eternal life for the accomplishment of which divine providence has established from eternity a multitude, a distinction, and a succession of necessary graces, with the dependence which they have one upon another. Chapter 14 God Will Never Destroy a Soul Submissive to His Will we deal with the master who is rich in mercy to those who invoke him he forgives a debt of ten thousand talents on a small petition we must have sentiments worthy of his goodness we must serve him with fear 
but while we tremble we must not cease to rejoice the humility that discourages is not a good humility god loves us he knows what we require better than we do ourselves whether we live or die we are the lord's to him belong the keys of life and death those who hope in him shall never be confounded let us not amuse ourselves so much with trifles let us look only to his most holy will let this be our beautiful star it will guide us to jesus christ either in the crib or on calvary he who follows it will not walk in darkness but will have the light of eternal life which is not subject to death although god is omnipotent and there is nothing impossible to him yet in his mercy he has bound himself not to destroy forever a soul whose will at its exit from the body is submissive to his will as the tree falls so it lies and the soul will remain forever in that state in which it is found at the end of life if rebellious to the will of god its portion will be the chalice of the wicked and in the lake of fire and brimstone if submissive to his holy will its salvation is unquestionable though a delay may be made in purgatory while some rust is burning away since nothing defiled can enter heaven so that by unreservedly abandoning oneself into the arms of god during life and at death there is nothing to fear because besides that his will ought to be our satisfaction and he does not desire that any one should perish but that all should come to salvation by penance therefore it is that he will never send a soul submissive to his will into exterior darkness which is prepared only for rebels to his light and to his love chapter fifteen sentiments at the sight of death after having been tossed about on the sea of the world and having encountered so many perils from the tempest of vanity which again and again threatened me with shipwreck i present myself at last before thee o my god to render thee an account of the talent with which thy infinite goodness has entrusted me i now behold the earth which i have been so sorry to think of leaving behind me and the risks that poor mortals run how false are the charms of the world how powerful are its attractions how deceitful are its allurements how sweet its honey appears to the eye though it has the sourness of vinegar prepare thyself o my soul to go to the heavenly jerusalem behold the end of life it has no other work than that of death and a well-regulated devotion produces no other result than eternal life this is the autumn in which we gather the fruits of eternity the plant which has received its increase from heaven will soon be plucked and mortals will no longer behold any thing of it on earth save the roots the sad remnants of corruption the flower which the sun has painted with various colors will soon fade away consider that life flies as a shadow passes as a dream 
evaporates as smoke. Human ambition cannot lay hold of anything solid. All is transitory. The sun, which rises on our horizon, hastens his course and pursues the night, and the night solicits the light to come in order to roll even the most beautiful portions of the universe into a kind of nothingness, I mean the starry heavens. The rivers flow on to the ocean as if the ocean, which is their center, ought to give them repose. The moon appears on high, sometimes full, sometimes on her decline, and seems to be pleased, as if she were about to finish her labors and her course. The winter deprives the trees of their honor, in order to give us a lesson on death. I am no longer attached to earth by any tie or affection. I have resigned all my desires into thy hands, O my God. For a long time thou hast been teaching me to die. The sentiments of the world, which are now dead in me, have taught me the lesson of death. Mortifications of the spirit have weakened my body. I have not lived of late since I have been dead by design and determination. I have esteemed nothing life but that which is in thee. I could not call myself alive since all my intentions were to extinguish that fire which constitutes the life of worldlings, in order to form my existence to death, or rather to a sweet sleep, in which I should endeavor to unite myself to thee, and to approach to eternal life. But, O oh my God, how vain and elusive have been my plans! I did not consider formerly that it was necessary to die actually in order to approach to thy grandeur and enjoy the bliss of beatitude. Now at dissolution the raptures of my soul present me with a sample of what is at hand. I have no more faith in ecstasies, for I see. I have no more hope, for I begin to possess. And charity alone remains to unite me to thee, who art charity itself, whence proceeds the fire of love which consumes the hearts of the devout. And as fire of its own nature mounts upward, so my heart, burning with charity, flies towards thee, and the more I perceive the powers of my body to become enfeebled, the more my spirit is fortified. In this state I can see as in a mirror the nature of beatitude. How indescribable are the joys and delights of a soul that is in the state of grace. Sensual pleasures bring satiety and evidence of their imperfection, but the contentments of the soul are infinite, always increasing the appetite and never lose their sweetness, because they have no end and are not limited by the senses or by sensible objects. Let us go forth then from this world and ascend to heaven by the help of the mercy of God. And you, devout souls, are you not content to follow me? Do you fear the passage? Are you not dead in God to be resuscitated glorious? Am I to believe that you are still alive, since you are without will, without affection, having renounced yourselves to embrace the word, and the commandments which heaven has dictated to you.
you fear the evil of dissolution consider that our lord suffered so great a pain for you you fear to quit the medleys of the world where vanity reigns where avarice tarnishes the most beautiful virtues where infidelity holds dominion with the sway of a despot where virtue is trampled underfoot and vice carries off the prize of honor where sins are drunk down like water where the just behold so many foreshadowings of hell and of abomination retire from those lakes of wretchedness divest yourselves of those sentiments of vanity in order to go into a place where an everlasting springtime flourishes and where the sad and horrible phantoms of misery are no longer to be witnessed let us advance then dear souls let us not be stayed by the enticements of the age there is above us a solid a permanent good which inebriates souls with so sweet an ambrosia that they can scarcely know their joys so many contentments do they possess are you not weary of seeing the rivers flow on to the sea and the seasons of the year follow one another in invariable order are you not content with having gathered the flowers of spring and tasted the fruits of autumn is it not enough to have bruised the roses and the lilies with which to sprinkle the couch of your sensuality does it not suffice to have so often seen the sun and moon so many days and nights think you that the trees of the forest will produce other leaves or that nature will yield something new the twinkling lamps of heaven will send down no other light quit the world then devout souls and if you would wish to postpone the will of the lord at least be prepared for the appointments of heaven on the matter have your conscience always in a good state so as to render an account of your actions imagine that the judgment of god is every hour over your head that only a little sigh is needed to conduct you to sentence that a faint can overpower us and put us in a state in which we can no longer even know ourselves the flower which at morning unfolded itself has at evening passed and gone consider that death may meet you in the morning or at evening that you may sink to rest with the sun that in the gardens of the world under the rose and the lily death is hidden like a serpent in the grass o oh my god i will not give thee my soul for it is already a long time since thou hast purchased it at the price of thy blood and thou hast withdrawn it from the captivity of sin and death happy shall it be if thou receive it pardoning its faults o great god now is the time to render an account the justice of thy judgments makes me fear but thy infinite mercy makes me hope i cast myself into thy arms to implore pardon i will cast myself at thy feet and water them with my tears may the stream that flows from my eyes be a testimony to my repentance that i may have the happiness through thy infinite goodness to share in the effects of thy mercy amen end of book three chapter fifteen